Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S., and each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Ion Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs with ConnectingVets.com. Now our next guest is changing the world one cup of tea at a time. When Army vet Brandon Friedman came back from Iraq and Afghanistan, he wanted to make a difference in war-torn regions of the world because he'd seen it up close. A former infantry officer, he commanded a unit of the Army's elite 101st Airborne Division, the Rakasans, the Japanese word for parachutist. And after leading his fellow Rakasans in combat, his experiences with cultures and community forged over a cup of tea inspired him to launch the Rakasan Tea Company. Grew up in Louisiana. Um, I don't recall ever having had hot tea in my life. Uh, everybody drank iced tea, sweet tea, stuff like that. But the, you know, this is I, I grew up in the '80s, '90s, and watched a lot of movies, and uh, decided I was going to be an army soldier. And uh, so I went to school, and then um, I, I went through ROTC, uh, ended up getting commissioned uh, as an infantry officer, and got assigned to the 101st Airborne Division. And uh, this is one of the interesting things is that I took over my first rifle platoon on September 16th, 2001. So it was uh, just a couple days after 9-11 and uh, it was like drinking out of a fire hose. So uh, I was a brand new, brand new, new guy 
uh, sort of learning on the fly. And um, uh, seven or eight weeks after I got to my unit at the 101st, I was on a C-17 flying to Pakistan and uh, spent some time there and then went into Afghanistan in early 2002. And then um, came home summer of 2002, spent a little time back at Fort Campbell, and then turned right around and went back to uh, Kuwait in early 2003 to prepare for the invasion of Iraq. And then we took part in that and uh, spent most of 2003 in Iraq, went everywhere from the Kuwaiti border, spent time in Baghdad, uh, went into northern Iraq, spent a lot of time up there toward the end of the year. We didn't do anything with anybody unless it was over tea. And so that was my first introduction to sort of uh, tea culture. Share with me that moment when you maybe knew that tea was something that you were going to be very interested in. Was there one specific sit down and a meeting with a local where you were just fascinated by this cultural experience that we share through tea? Yeah, no, I, I think it was more more the general experience. Um we always talk about how, how coffee is a solitary drink. It's, it, it's sort of the go drink. Um, don't talk to me till, till I've had my coffee. You know, I need my coffee on the way into the office in the morning. Tea, on the other hand, is the stop drink. Tea is a more social experience. It's something you do with other people. Um, you have a good conversation over tea. And I've never really been exposed to that. So we're in, this is mostly in Iraq. Um, we're there in Iraq. We're surrounded by chaos and combat and all this stuff. And every time we would have the opportunity to sit down and share tea with, with someone who lived there and hear about their experiences and discuss, you know, the conflict or whatever's going on at the moment, why, whatever reason we have to meet with them, that moment of sharing tea sort of, sort of became an oasis amid the chaos of combat. And it was a moment where we could sort of, you know, power down, um, and just share that human experience and, and sort of bridge those cultures uh, and do it over tea. It was really great to be introduced to it. And then when uh, I came home and sort of sought out that, that kind of tea culture, uh, that social aspect to, you know, drinking this beverage really doesn't exist here to the extent that it does in most other parts of the world. Tea is the second most consumed beverage in the world after water, but it has never really been that way in the U.S., which is much more of a coffee country. And so I tried to find that here and uh, uh, didn't have a lot of luck, but I, I drank tea myself, mostly loose leaf tea uh, and embarked on a whole other career and uh, spent, you know, quite a bit of time doing other things. And then uh, got sort of burned out after 2016, started looking for other things to do and uh, moved into tea. A quick look at your post-military transition. What did you do immediately, and then what led you to back to tea? Yeah, so I, I went back to school for a couple of years and uh, ended up getting involved in politics. And for me, politics sort of uh, served as a good substitute for the military because it was competitive. I mean, you had different sides, um, and you could compete and try to win and out, out, outperform each other and all this stuff. So I worked in politics, ended up going to work uh, in the administration in uh, 2009. Then I, I left the government and uh, stayed in politics. I started a political communications firm and ended up working on a couple of campaigns. But 
I was looking for something more. I thought that I could perhaps leverage my experience. I was drinking a lot of tea at the time and realized that there was a lot of tea grown in places that wasn't that, that weren't reaching the US. And tea, if you don't know a lot about tea, it's it's, it's like wine. So the terroir in which it's grown greatly impacts the the uh, the flavor and aroma. So just like we have Sonoma wines and Italian wines and French wines, uh, you have the same thing with loose leaf tea. And what I realized was that there was a lot of tea being grown in war zones, post-conflict countries like Rwanda, Vietnam, Laos, uh, that wasn't reaching the U.S. market. Uh, these economies were still, you know, in the wake of those conflicts. Uh, a lot of these small farmers didn't have access to the U.S. market or the U.S. consumer. And so I thought that I could perhaps get in there and help help those small farmers get their really outstanding products to U.S. tea drinkers. So I, I told some people I was going to do that. And uh, one of my Army buddies, he'd been one of my machine gunners. When I was a, a young platoon leader. He called me and he said, hey, I hate my job. I went in on the tea thing and uh, said, all right, cool, you're hired. And uh, he ended up... He, being my business partner. And, uh, it, you know, it's kind of funny because I was a, you know, I was a lieutenant. He was a PFC, private first class, uh, machine gunner. And, uh, yeah, now we're, now we're business partners selling tea. So we made a go at it. And, uh, we started selling loose leaf tea because we were going to, we were going to bring these unusual teas to market that nobody had ever had before. But like you and Chris talked about, a lot of times you have to pivot. Uh, what we realized was that we were trying to force a lot of Americans into drinking loose leaf tea because it's great. It's better. Um, but that's not necessarily what consumers want. You know, they want more of the, of the convenience of tea bags. Um, and so that was a big change we've actually made in the last year or we've, we've added that. And, uh, so yeah, so there's just a lot of, a lot of, um, obstacles you get over and phases you go through with these businesses which fortunately the army has kind of prepared us for it. Before we get into talking about where these teas are and, and what's a great tea to drink, can I ask what your first step was when you realized that you liked the product tea, you liked the category, you liked the culture, you liked everything about it. It was way more satisfying than politics. How in the hell did you learn about the tea industry? I mean, naturally, there's giant icons out there of the coffee and tea industry. There's the Starbucks and there's the Dunkins yeah. and there's the people that all are sourcing their tea somewhere. How did you even know where to begin? Uh, well, let's see. That's the thing. I didn't. And if I had known then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have made the leap um, <laughs> because um, there was a lot of stuff we didn't know, but it was great because not Knowing what we didn't know gave us the courage to continue. If I if I'd known how difficult it was going to be, I, I might not have done it. So I had to learn a lot. So we had to read a lot of books. I worked with a um, we worked with a veteran nonprofit. His nonprofit helped veteran-owned businesses get involved in international business. The guy who ran the nonprofit knew a person at the State Department, a new person at USAID, who knew a British expat who had started a small organic tea farm in Sri Lanka. And so through that chain of people, uh, I was put in contact with this guy who has this small organic tea farm in Sri Lanka. And uh, they do revenue sharing with their employees. Uh, it's a really great program they have going there. And uh, I got on a Skype call with him. He was extraordinarily helpful. And uh, he sort of, you know, helped mentor 
me through this whole process. And uh, five years later, they're still one of our suppliers. But it, it's just a lot of being open to learning and realizing you don't know everything and just talking to people. And uh, I've talked to so many people in the tea business and it, it turns out it's actually a pretty small world. And we're back at CBS Ion Veterans. I'm Phil Briggs reporting for ConnectingVets.com. Now today we're highlighting veteran-owned businesses. And not just businesses that are doing well on the balance sheets, but businesses that are doing good things for our world. Now after commanding soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan, former infantry officer Brandon Friedman discovered a love and an opportunity to bring teas from war-torn regions of the world to tea drinkers in the U.S., after years of research, soul-searching, and a connection with his former machine gunner, they founded the Rakasan Tea Company. And along the way, he discovered a way to change lives both here and abroad. Share with me one of your prouder moments of a source of tea. Once you got into this, once you got your legs up underneath you, your knowledge base increased, you kind of knew what you were doing. You've established your first contact there in Sri Lanka. Um, Mm -hmm. In the years to come, where's one of the gems? Where's a, where's a real success story for tea that's being harvested and brought to our market that you discovered? Yeah, sure. So um, I would, I guess I would probably use the example of uh, tea from Myanmar. Um, Everybody knows Myanmar. Yeah. So Myanmar is going through a lot of stuff right now with the conflict there. Uh, when we first reached out to them through networking, uh, we became aware of a, of a woman who owned a small tea estate. She had 12 employees. They had been coached by a Scottish woman who's one of the sort of luminaries in the tea industry. And she had gone there to help teach them to transition from working in the jade mines in Myanmar to growing tea. I, I met her and, and got in touch and got in touch with her. And um, they had this team. It's, it's just a dozen of them. Uh, and they do, they put their hearts and souls into hand rolling this, this tea. They do just an amazing job. 99% of tea in Myanmar is green tea, but they also make black tea. So it's extraordinarily rare tea. Um, and they do such a wonderful job making it. And we are able to give them an outlet because Tea in Myanmar is sort of seen kind of like chips and salsa here. Like you go to the Mexican restaurant, you get chips and salsa. You don't, you don't look at it. You don't think about it. You don't, but these, this team is making just really exceptional loose tea. And, uh, but they didn't have a way to reach the U.S. market. They didn't have a way to reach U.S. consumers. They didn't know anybody. And so we reached out and we said, we can, we can help distribute your tea. We can help get you in front of U.S. tea drinkers. And, uh, so it was really great. You know, the, the woman owned com- the woman owned company uh, in the middle of a country that is going through a lot of economic and geopolitical churn, uh, not in a great situation. So if we can help, you know, this her small business with their 12 employees and we can introduce them to American tea drinkers, uh, we're really satisfied. And so it's, it's been really fun to just to help make that connection between this small team in rural Myanmar, 200 miles north of Mandalay, and American tea drinkers here in Dallas or New York, San Francisco, wherever. 
And those are the kind of stories I absolutely love to capture because when worlds collide, we don't think about it in America where so many things come from around the world, but like the product you're drinking is having a lasting and huge impact on somebody halfway across this planet in a war-torn area. Um, countries like Sri Lanka, you've mentioned Laos, Rwanda, Myanmar, um, you know, every sip is doing some good. I love it. Uh, share with me what I need to know as an American novice drinking tea. I like some tea. I like it in the evening. I like to have a, you know, I think I'm right now drinking a, a blend that comes from the Eastern shore of Maryland. Or at least that's what the package says. I don't know where the tea actually comes from, but uh, it, you know, it's a nice light tea. It's not heavy and black. It's more on the green side. What do I need to know as an American tea consumer? I've heard loose leaf versus tea bag, and I know nothing other than the fact that I steep yeah. mine for about four minutes and then I drink it hot. What do I need to know? Yeah, so we always tell people to drink what you like. Um, a lot of people are intimidated by by tea. Uh, they think it's something for you know that that is consumed in elite circles and you know British ladies with big hats, and you have to you know understand the difference between an oolong and a poor and a, a green tea. Uh, it's 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 mostly nonsense. If you if you want to get that into tea, you certainly can. We can help you, and you know we know all about it. Um, but you don't have to um, drink it how you like it. If you like, if you got a good robust tea bag tea, black tea, drink that. Um, among tea enthusiasts, people will frown on adding things to the tea, like they're adulterants or something. You know, sugar, milk, cream, lemon. Uh, you're supposed to just drink the tea, you know, the way it was intended, you know, the way it's grown. But we always tell people to drink how you like it. If you like sugar in it, drink sugar in it. When we were in Iraq, uh, they would have these little teacups and they would fill them like two thirds of the way up with sugar and then pour a little tea in there. And uh, all you're tasting is the sugar, uh, but it's so good. And uh, that's just how they drank it. It's how we enjoyed it there. Uh, I don't drink tea like that anymore, but I, you know, that's how you like it. Drink it. And Very uh, cool. Yeah, same thing goes with tea bags. Like we're offering tea bags now. Um, when we first started, we said we weren't going to do that because you know, loose leaf is generally seen as better. But you know, at the end of the day, we're in business, and uh, consumers want they want convenience. They want to be able to bring it with them to lunch, traveling, that sort of thing. And uh, it's pretty hard with loose leaf. So now we have tea bags. Right on. I'll speak for most Americans when I say I'm more familiar with the tea bag. It's easy, dip, dunk, steep for a couple minutes, and then put on a spoon next to the cup, and then you can drink your tea. Um, what about loose leaf? How do I make loose leaf tea? If I want to take that next step from tea bag into loose leaf, what what am I doing? Do I need equipment? Do I mean tell me how I work with loose leaf um, tea to make? You just you need a strainer. Um, like we have these little infusers. You can either it, it, you may essentially have to replace the tea bag. So what you usually use for that is a metal infuser or strainer. So you can have a tea ball. Um, you can have a little basket that goes in your cup and you can make one cup at a time. Or you can have, you can get a teapot that has a basket, a removable basket built in. You just put the leaves in the basket and pour the hot water over it. Then after it steeps, you just take the, take the strainer basket out. Pretty easy. Very cool. A drink that brings us together and your 
taste for it came from the war-torn regions of Iraq and Afghanistan. Absolutely incredible story. Rakasan Tea Company, so glad you're doing what you're doing. And that, again, as a military veteran, you've made the transition into an industry you may or may not have known anything about, but some way, somehow adapted and overcame. And that is what makes it a unique experience for the veteran, because that's what we are able to do as veterans, adapt, overcome, and sometimes, uh, you know, not letting the fat. And sometimes because we don't know what's ahead of us, we're willing to climb the mountain versus those that really knew what a challenge this business industry would be might wave it off and be like, that's impossible. No one ever breaks into the tea industry with zero experience. Uh, you proven him wrong every day, Brandon Friedman. Tell me more about where I can order Rockus on tea. Yeah. So you can get it at rockus We have uh, loose leaf tea bags. We also have the tea bags available on Amazon. If that's easier for you. Very cool. Rakasan, and also kind of like it sounds, only with two Ks, R-A-K-K-A-S-A-N-T-E-A.com. Rakasantea.com. Brandon Friedman, appreciate everything you're doing, man. Best of luck to you in your travels around the world, and I can't wait to look it up and uh, see what you're bringing back to the States next. Thank you. For ConnectingVets.com, I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. I'll be back again next week with more incredible stories from our amazing military vets when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Eye on Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.